Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today? I'm perfect. How are you? If I was any better, I'd be Mr. Andre Edwards, who is our favorite guest on the podcast. The Bengals week is back. Bengals start on Sunday. You know we got to have Andre on before the season starts so we can get our singing bet in, figure out what we're going to do. We, me and Adam are going after Andre this year. We are going after him. He is going to come on this podcast and bless us with his golden pipes, platinum pipes. I apologize. Platinum pipes. Hey, it's football season, baby. Let's get it. Let's do it. Let's and do and it. I've learned my lesson. I will be much more competitive this year. Uh, yeah. I've got them. I've definitely got them with more than three wins this year. <laughs> Bengals go to the Super Bowl. Adam has them with three or four wins. It's the Joe Burrow effect, man. It's the Joe Burrow effect. <laughs> That's it. He changed my mind. <clears throat> All right. So, I, I mean, let's jump right into the Bengals. Just previewing first before we start picking games. The biggest question was, obviously, one of the best offense, most fun offenses to watch in the NFL with the weapons that they have at quarterback and wide receiver. But got to figure out how to, how, to, how to protect that weapon, how to protect Joe Burrow. Definitely, I mean, he, he was – unbelievable with the lack of protection he had last year the big goal this past offseason was to shore that up fix it get it better improve it even a little bit Andre do you like what they did tell us a little bit about the newcomers on the offensive line and how you feel what kind of a difference you think they're going to make so first of all any improvement over what they had last year is a step in the right direction you can't have your quarterback take, I think it was 51 sacks in the regular season and an additional 19 sacks, including like nine in one game yeah. in four playoff games. So 70 sacks on the season. You just, that's not sustainable, right? You look at a guy like Andrew Luck, who was probably one of the more talented quarterbacks that there have been, you know, in the past 10 years. And he's just like, I can't do this anymore. Right. And that's that's what we're attempting to avoid here in Cincinnati, seeing somebody like Joe Burrow and, and having the talent that Joe Burrow has. You don't want to see him, you know, five, six years into his career, say, I just can't do this anymore. Um, and so what, what did the Bengals do? They went out and they addressed their biggest need. They got three free agents and one um, draft pick. So you start with uh, the first guy that they signed approximately 26 seconds into free agency. Like, this is the greatest uh, negotiation process I've ever seen. It was like, and it's 12 o'clock. Sweet. I wonder if the Bengals are going to sign Alex Kappa. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so he, he comes from Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl, played with Tom Brady. Uh, the anecdote to the story is after talking to Ryan Jensen, uh, Alex Kappa was actually Brady's second phone call of, hey, I'm coming back. I want you to stay. And he was like, nah, I'm going to go play with the next you and Joe Burrow. Um, so that says a lot to me about his his commitment to wanting to be here and, and to protect for Joe, right? Because you had the opportunity to go and stay in Tampa and protect the goat. You decided to come to Cincinnati and protect the baby goat. So I'm okay with that. Um then the next signing was uh, Ted Karras. Uh, Ted Karras also played with Tom Brady, won two Super Bowls with Tom um, as a 
I think left guard, right guard slash center. He played a lot of center last year. Um, somebody to shore up the middle of that. I, I was a big Trey Hopkins fan, but I think the knee injury really kind of took his play down a bit last year. And to have somebody like Karras who can step in, voted a team captain by his teammates to be a first year player and come in and be voted team captain, huge for him. Um, but I think they they like what they have. They like what they see. They like the the tenacity. He's a as uh, the offensive line coach Frank Pollock would say, he's a glass eater, right? So somebody who can get in there and and, and mix it up with guys that knows what he's doing. You feel super confident with him. Um, and then finally, uh, L. Collins, probably the biggest wild card of the the three free agents that they brought in. Um, he comes with some baggage. Don't get me wrong. But when he's playing at the level that he can play, he's a top five right tackle in the league. And there's there's not a lot of debate about that. Now, do you have to put up with him missing practices? Yes. Do you have to put up with him, you know, only coming to the last couple, two or three weeks of training camp? Yes. Um, you know, do you have to put up with him maybe being a little overly aggressive on, you know, in practice and or on the field sometimes? Yes, but if you pick up those things and you don't have to start Isaiah Prince at right tackle, I don't really care. Um, and then that's finally, the biggest, that's the big, I, to me, he's the biggest one. Yeah. He's the biggest. He is the most important one on that line that they picked up. The rest of these guys, don't get me wrong, are 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 an obvious upgrade. Sure. The tenacity that you talk about, the the you know being a little rough, you know, the wild card status of him, I actually kind of like that. And, and sure. I'm sure that's one of the reasons Joe Burrow wanted him. Here. Joe Burrow had him at his house and was like, you "Here's some crackers. Let's eat some crackers. Exactly. Um, and cupcakes. Crackers and cupcakes. And glass. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the, the fourth round draft pick, um, Cordell Volson, uh, coming from a, you know, FBS school, Division Two, whatever you want to call it, um, school um the unfortunate part for me is that he beat out jackson carmen in order to to get that spot from a talent purely from a talent perspective jackson carmen should be starting at left guard and he's not and that's disappointing fortunately for the Bengals, they picked up a guy that i feel much more confident in than maybe i should like he just appears to be super mature he appears to be a guy that puts in the work he appears to be a guy that you know is open to to coaching is open to being tutored by the other offensive linemen and quite frankly to be surrounded on his left by Jonah Williams and on his right by Ted Karras is only going to help this kid get better you know as, as time goes so I really I I think he's the right person for that job I'm just disappointed that Jackson Carmen isn't that isn't that spot and Volson doesn't have the time to learn this year and get up to speed. That's disappointing to me. But it, it um, doesn't surprise me. Those does, five starters get you in a much better place than what you were last year. It doesn't surprise me though with Jackson Carmen because when we drafted him, I mean he's a local kid. I didn't hear a ton of great stuff about him from around no. him. They took him way too early in the draft. No one was looking at him in that spot. And, and I haven't heard a ton of great things. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, you, you go back to some of the high school or college 
off the field stuff um, that you that you heard about with underage girl and like I, this is not the time or place to, to to get into that type of thing. But to me, that's a red flag of just what kind of person are you, right? And then last year you come in overweight, you you know are basically just gifted the right guard spot because we don't have anybody else that we can stick in there and five weeks into the season you even lose that spot now we're going to take you move you over to the left side which is your more natural side of the line it's not tackle but it's guard it's still the left side you're coming in great shape I hear nothing but great things about what you did in the offseason and you lost the gig to a fourth round draft pick from an FBS level school like that that to me, that says all I need to know about Jackson Carmen. And if it weren't for just the the dearth of offensive line talent across the league, he'd probably be cut. Right. So uh, we're talking to Mr. Andre Edwards, former writer for the LockedOnBangles.com, uh, at Andre Edwards 03? 06. 06 at Andre Edwards 06 on the tweet box. Uh, always fun. Let's talk Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow comes back from ACL surgery or ACL is ACL injury. Well, I guess it was surgery. He has a great season, even though he's sacked more than anybody in the entire league. Last year, I saw a stat yesterday saying he was pressured more than any quarterback in the league in the play after he was pressured he uh had a completion percentage he had the highest completion percentage in the league it was something ridiculous like almost 90 percent on the play after he was hurried i mean he led the league in completion percentage at 70 percent. so i mean that doesn't shock me right but the play after you just get hurried, that's usually or get or get uh, I don't know if it was just hurried or if it was when he got hit or what. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, this guy's he's not the Tom Brady stand up and cry about it after you get hit, you know, anything like that. This dude seems to be different. Who's the odd? So with there's not much to talk about Joe Burrow. So who's the odd man out on the re- wide receivers once we have to sign these guys here in a couple of years? So I think the most obvious answer is going to be T Higgins. And the reason why I say that is because his agent, because his agent is David Mulligetta, which is the same, same agent that Jesse Bates had and the same agent that is signing all these giant mega deals for all of these, these players across the league. And the Bengals just aren't going to do that. Like it's not from a, I want to be clear. It's not from a talent perspective. It's not from a potential perspective of what I think he can do on the field. It's purely, I personally think T Higgins is a number one on more than half of the teams across the league. He just happens to be on the same team as Jamar Chase. And does he take the Marvin Jones route, right? Like think back to when Marvin Jones was coming up and you had AJ Green on the other side I want to go be a number one somewhere. It didn't happen to work out that way, but he got paid that way and he had expectations that way. Um, You know, does T Higgins look at the situation in Cincinnati and say, I'm never going to be 
the number one guy here with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and the relationship that they have. Also, the agent that he has hired is looking to set records and get him his money and get him paid. And again, the Bengals just aren't going to do that. So I think he is going to be the most difficult of those three. I think they're fully committed to signing Joe Burrow. I think if they ask Joe Burrow, okay, who do you want, T. Higgins or Jamar Chase? I'm assuming he's going to say Jamar Chase. So we're going to pay Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd, he's getting a little older, a little long in the tooth, but it's still serviceable, still doing his thing. Great. They could probably get him on a fairly decent deal if he wants to stay around for another couple of years. Great. I think T. Higgins is that card that goes, eh, I can go be a number one for the Jets, the New England Patriots, the like wh- whoever you want to pick and get paid to do so. That's the nice thing about about the success they had last year and having one of the best young quarterbacks. People are going to want to play here now. I mean, now you can uh, – they already did sign a couple people that in years past, I'm not sure that happens. And when that stuff comes up, those guys are at least going to have an opportunity to do a hometown discount kind of thing if they want to do that. I, I think you're right. Most guys aren't going to want to do that. And I want to get as, as much money as I can too. But if you're having fun and you're winning a lot in yep. a couple in the two, three years or whatever, before that contract comes up, much more likely that you're going to get guys to want to sign, to want to work with you a little bit on that stuff. But I, but I, but I also think the, the really, really good thing about where the Bengals are and in a position they haven't been before is that, you can, you can be a destination where an older guy who is still super talented is willing to come here, take less money, fill a role that a T. Higgins leaves open, and, and still is, is productive, right? Still, can, still can, can light it up, right? Um, you know, it's name a wide receiver who's, again, just a little bit older. And I'm not talking, you know, 35, but you know, somebody who's 28, 29, 30 years old, who's still very productive in this league, you let T Higgins go, but then we backfill it with somebody like that. And then it's like, all right, cool. Let's just keep this thing rolling, man. And you don't have to pay an exorbitant amount in order to still be productive. Right. So where does this offense rank with the additions that they made with Burrow another year removed from his injury with the success of Jamar Chase, knowing he's one of the best receivers in the league now, where does this offense rank? We're talking right now, we're talking about the end of the year. I'm talking going into the year. So going into the year, they're probably top five. I mean, across the league, you look at, you look at one, I think it's, a, I think the consensus across the board if if most people are being honest with themselves is they probably have the best trio of wide receivers from uh, from a starter perspective right like you may say that Devontae Adams is better than Jamar Chase and and that's fine if that's if that's a debate we want to have I have no problem with doing that you may say Justin Jefferson is better than T Higgins and again you can pick out individuals who may be better than an individual but name me three better wide receivers on another team. Like you, you just have a hard time doing that. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, you add in a Hayden Hurst, who is less of a blocker than what CJ Uzama was, but a much better pass catcher, route runner type of re- receiving option. And then Joe Mixon, yeah, they're probably five or six backs across the league who are better than Joe Mixon. But if you add Joe Mixon to those three wide receivers, plus Hayden Hurst, plus Joe Burrow as your quarterback, where does that, where does that land you? Um, and, and where does that put you? I, I still think, you know, Buffalo has a plethora of offensive weapons. I still think Patrick Mahomes, if, if I'm starting a team and I just absolutely, you're telling me gun to my head, do I take Mahomes or do I take Burrow? I probably take Mahomes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you at this stage of their career. Um, I, I would probably do that. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they adjust with no Devontae Adams and, and what does that look like? But they have two ridiculous running backs um, and, and a decent tight end. I mean, like, so top three, top five, somewhere in that general vicinity, as long as the offensive line performs the way that we think they will. Love it. All right, so let's switch over to the defensive side. We talked about Jesse Bates. Uh, the biggest what, what, when we go when we went into the draft, we t- everybody talks about uh, linebacker being in being probably the biggest hole that needed to be filled. Correct? Or am I wrong? I, could uh, I don't know. I would I would say given the fact that both of your starting uh, both of your starting safeties are in their last year of their contract. Uh, your biggest your your biggest hole is all right. What do we do moving forward from a future future standpoint? I agree with that. I'm, it, but they're it, on the team right now. But they're yeah. On. But I mean, if you if you look at current linebackers, you got uh, Wilson, you got Pratt, you got uh, Akeem Davis Gaither coming back, you've got um, Bailey, uh, you got the the kid who just made like twenty tackles in a preseason game. I mean, like they. There's some depth at that linebacker position that I think you can that you can work with. I think the biggest questions were where are you going to go if either Chidabe Awuzie goes down or Eli Apple goes down, and where are you going to go if once Jesse Bates and uh, Von Bell are are basically out of a contract at this point? You, could also, you could also go. We lost. Um, three technique that went to Pittsburgh, Ogan Joby. Uh, we lost Ogan Joby. How do you replace, you, you elevate BJ Hill into his spot, but then how do you replace that BJ Hill role? So th- those will be my concerns over linebacker. So where does this defense sit overall this year? You got- I think this could be a top 10. Mark it down, write it down. This is going to be a top 10 defense. DJ Reader up the middle. I mean, oh, yeah. he's proven that he is as good as – He's a monster. He's huge. He's he's amazing. It's And, and then you've got Hubbard and Hedricks. Uh, Hendrickson? Hendrickson. Like 27 sacks in the last two years. Something – I mean, like just ridiculous. And then that's not – that's sacks. That's not even including pressures or anything else like that, right? Um, I am – I am bullish on this defense. I think I think this defense is going to not only surprise people, 
but have this team winning games that people think it possibly shouldn't. Um, I think you take you take what they had in Reader and and Bates and Bell and Awuzie and you know Hubbard and all those pieces that they that they had Logan Wilson and you add to it a player like a Dax Hill who you can use him in so many different ways. Like think think about Troy Polamalu. And I'm not saying he's Troy Polamalu. I want to be very clear about that. But think <laughs> about the roles that Troy Polamalu played. Think about Tyron Matthew and the roles that Tyron Matthew played, right? He's in the slot. He's at free safety. He's at strong safety. Oh, crap. They actually got him on the outside, you know, sticking a wide receiver. Or he's blitzing from the – that's the type of player – that you add to that secondary when you draft a player like Dax Hill, who also, by the way, runs a 4-3-40 or whatever the hell it was, right? So you add that element to a Bates, a Bell, a, a Cheeto, and an Eli Apple, and you just throw this wild card back there that can be all over the place, who is super intelligent, team captain, and ridiculously athletic and fast. And it's just a wild card that you can play anywhere you need. So, hey, who's going to take on this tight end? Hey, who's going to take on this running back out of the backfield? Who's going to be the spy that follows Lamar Jackson when he decides to break out of the pocket? The type of things that you can do, know that you can lock down the rest of this with your guys and have this wild card that you can just do kind of anything with. I, I, I think... Lou Anarumo is salivating at the possibilities. That's exciting. I'm way more excited about this defense than I originally was after that. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm like, I'm, I am not kidding. Barring injury at corner, because I think that's where they are thin. Because then you start bringing in guys like Trey Flowers, who is fine, but not great. Um. And, and then after Trey Flowers, like you already lost your second round draft pick to IR um, for a bit. And then after that, you're just bringing up dudes off the practice squad, which nobody ever wants to do. So, <clears throat> you know, barring catastrophic injury, especially at corner, I don't really see any holes on this defense. Who sees the which Michael Thomas sees the field more? Offense or defense? Uh, the fifth wide receiver or the third cornerback or second safety? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, because neither one of them is really going to see the field on offense or defense, right? Like, <laughs> both are going to play a ton of special teams. And if either one of them are playing offense or defense, it's probably bad. <laughs> Something very bad happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of along with I, I was going to ask you about depth i mean yeah. i feel great about the guys that are that are going to play yeah how about depth you know god forbid sure injuries happen to two three guys at the same time or whatever sure. how do you feel about the depth on both sides of the ball yeah so I, obviously if joe goes down you can just write off the season right and but but that's the case for most teams there aren't very many teams that have a backup quarterback that you feel can carry you for 
five, six, eight, ten games. Like you, you just, nobody really has that, right? Yeah. Um, and if they do, they're probably trading it for assets to improve the team around their number one guy. So um, you can, you can let's just set that aside. Um, again, my biggest concerns are cornerback depth. So anything behind the first two to three guys, Mike Hilton, Cheeto, and Eli. And Trey then Flowers, the Trey Flowers, is he the next yeah. one? Is he the time yeah. He's yes. Yes. I mean, and Cam Taylor Britt is on IR. So I mean, he, he's out for the first four weeks. So who do you who do you really have beyond that? That so so that's an issue for me. Um and then offensive line depth, right? So you've got your 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 five starters in Williams, Volson, Karras, Kappa, Collins. But if one of those dudes goes down, especially <clears throat> Karras, who's your backup center? Like who's coming in? And and so that's what a Trey Hill, who was a fourth round draft pick last year, who you know got yanked out of a couple of games last year because he couldn't didn't know the snap count and couldn't stop holding people. Like, mm, that's, a, that's a little scary to me. Or, you know, Lael Collins goes down and now Isaiah Prince is back out at right tackle. No, thanks. I don't think anybody wants to see that. Or mm-hmm. Cordell Volson goes down and now Jackson Carmen starting at left guard. Eh, I don't think anybody wants to see that. Right. And then probably a, a, a less thought about one is Hayden Hurst at tight end. He is your, pass catching middle of the field um, stretch the defense tight end. If he goes down, the guys that you have behind him are more blocking, uh, you know, helping the run game sample catch a pass or two, but not really like nobody's scared of, of sample. Right. Mm -hmm. So if Hayden Hurst goes down, to a significant injury, they don't have anybody who can replicate what he can do on this team. And, and I, probably to be expected, nobody's going to carry two number one tight ends, or you know, it's kind of the same thing with with the quarterback, like you were talking about. Um, so okay, okay, if you maybe a few holes depth wise, but but as long as they mostly stay healthy, feel really good about both sides. Yeah, yeah, I do. I've got a question for you. Uh, growing up, did you have a uh, telephone on the wall in your kitchen? Yep. With was a with a dry erase board next to it, so you could write down who called and what time and who <laughs> left a message. Yeah. Was it was it red? It was not. It was oh. beige. Oh, that's the other color. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of red telephones in kitchens when I was a kid. Or beige, beige. whatever reason, I don't even know why. I think we had the beige. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there it is. See that? Yes, that's what's hanging on my wall. Yes. (laughs) Did you have the? Did you have like the twenty-five foot long cord? Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Like because (laughs) (laughs) Chris looks like a magician pulling scarfs out of the. I would pick it up off the off the ringer, right, and then the way our kitchen was there was a door off to the side that led to the basement. So I would take it off the hook and then like walk out 
and around like towards and I'd be sitting on the steps with the door closed so you can't hear my conversation, of course. Like, yeah, super yeah. deep conversations that I don't need anybody hearing when I'm <laughs> 15 years old. Deep, sure. deep conversations. Hey. <laughs> when you know when when uh when the girlfriend calls at that age, can't have it. Look here, man. Let me tell you right. The biggest key I ever had. You know, so my parents got us call waiting. All right, do you remember call waiting? Absolutely. Instead of ringing busy, you would hear a little boop boop on, right? And so you knew to click over, children. So there was a button you had to push, right? And push a button and then it would click over to the other call. You didn't even know who was calling like you're doing your cell phone now. You just had to chance it, right? So here's what I would do. I would tell said young lady, hey, call me at exactly 10 p.m., right? Because I knew my parents would be sleeping. I know this move. Right? <laughs> I would call the weather line at 9.59. Wait for the doo-doo, click over, phone doesn't ring, parents don't know I'm on the phone, boom, money. Just wow. money. Nice. I, I've got a... That's- 60% of the time, it worked every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's smart i remember that move i didn't use it that much because i didn't have ladies calling a whole lot or i wasn't calling them a whole lot either unfortunately but <clears throat> that was a different life but um i got did, i do <laughs> i'm actually no it wasn't a different life you're right totally it's totally the same now anyway <laughs> i do have a story about that that I don't know if she just was meant to do this and didn't do it right. The, the story you just said, but I was going out with a girl. I was like my senior year, I was like 17 or something like that. And she tells me, call, call my house at like, you know, 1030 or something like that. I'm like, are you sure? That's, I know that's late. You sure? So I, I trust that she's going to do something like you were just talking yes. about. Phone rings, dad answers. Um, 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 is so-and-so there? Do you know what time it is, son? <laughs> no, sir. No, uh, sir. I'm in California. Yeah, it's 7 p.m., right? 730? <laughs> uh, that's where you go. This is Adam calling with uh, the Republican National uh, Convention. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to know if you guys were going to make a donation. <laughs> can we Can we count on your vote? <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> this is Steve Shabbat. Can I count on your vote? <laughs> Steve <laughs> he called me the other day. What's not fine to Steve Shabbat, baby? He called, he called me the other day for uh, to see if he if I was going to vote for him. I guarantee it wasn't him on the phone. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I mean, my favorite thing about Steve Shabbat are the plastic cups they gave out at the at the parade every year. Harvestone Parade. This Harvestone Parade. It's tomorrow. tomorrow you're Harvestone right. Parade. Tomorrow. my girls are going to be uh, doing some dances in it there nice. is there you go yeah get it <laughs> dig it uh-huh. all right we got to turn uh to something way more serious and that all is right. picking these games for this year picking these games now remember singing is on the line singing in front of the whole world it is, is on the, line. the world by the way the, you know, the internet, the internet is, yeah, the internet is still buzzing from my, uh, from my rendition of Shy's. Oh, uh, it was so good. I, 
Can I say, can I say Chef's we kiss. more comments on that podcast saying how incredible Adam actually there was a lot of surprised people, tons of comments on that oh, episode. So yeah. good. In, incredibly, they were all family members. So yeah, I'm sure that that they I didn't get it. Really we meant a lot. Same, we got the same family, bro. They didn't say <laughs> nothing. I had the same. <laughs> people that have to say that said that. <laughs> so good so good all right <clears throat> so let's jump into it week one we're all excited about it yeah Bengals at home against the pittsburgh steelers andre what do you have i'll be at the game so um i'm going to dub this is my surprised face yeah yeah i I'll mean for andre <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I will say this. This is probably, this might be on this podcast. This might be the first time I ever picked the Bengals to beat the Steelers on this podcast. No, uh, last year you had them split. Did I? You, you did. You split last year. I, I remember because right. I split the opposite way. You, I had them winning in Pittsburgh, losing in Cincy. You had them winning in Cincy, losing in Pittsburgh. All right. Because we talked about how that could come into play if we tied at the end. Yeah. All right. Chris, what do you got in this one? Uh, Bengals. Bengals, I'm taking a W as well for the Bengals. Let's go. Which Wait, is first big, of all, which is let's be news. very clear about this. Adam <laughs> Schmidt, ladies and gentlemen, has the Bengals starting 1-0. and oh. I just want to be very clear that this Undefeated. is happening. This, when people talk about <laughs> the Joe Burrow effect, this is what it is. It got Paycor Stadium. It got a Super Bowl appearance, and it got Adam Schmidt to have the Bengals at one and zero. Joe Burrow's a god. I just want to let he's a god. His his confidence just oozes on to everybody else. Man, so that, I'm getting some of that from him. Guys, week two the sunglasses. Is, what's that? It's the sunglasses. It's the sunglasses. It's all the pairs of sunglasses. Cartier and the cigars and whatever else. Yeah. Um, week two at Dallas. What you got, Chris? Okay. I'm going first. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I, I got to give him a loss somewhere in here. I'm going to give him a loss in week two in Dallas. Adam, what you got? I am also going loss at Dallas. You people are suckers. I'm going for a dub. Why? Because I'll be there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, we're also I, so a, a, an additional thing is we are gonna, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna nah, guess whether Andre is gonna be at it for sure. Like I, so my pop, my pops is a big Dallas Cowboy fan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and so my brother and I, uh, Keith, uh, decided, hey, you know what? I don't know how many times we're gonna have the opportunity to get down to Jerry's World, so let's let's take this one. Um, and so we're taking pops, just the three of us, down uh-huh. to Jerry's world, and uh, watch watch Joe Burrow dice him up a little bit. That's so speaking cool. of speaking of Grandpa Darnell, is he where your son got his height from? Apparently, because like, <laughs> dude, like Caleb is standing up here. Well, hold on, now. at fourteen, not like counting not counting his hair. No, not counting his hair. Like, <laughs> oh, man. It was legit. It's legit. 
That's legit. All right. 2-0 so far from Mr. Edwards. Uh, Now we go to New York against the Jets. Joe Flacco, W. (laughs) That was easy. Look, they already said, they already said Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, uh, won't be ready until at least week four. If we can't beat 625-year-old elite Joe Flacco, there's a problem. <laughs> elite Joe Flacco. I'm excited about the Sauce Gardner-Jamar Chase matchup. That's what That's I'm excited cool. about here. Agreed. Like, what I want it to be is Sauce's first touchdown given up since high school. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm good. I'm good if that doesn't even happen. Because we still got T. Higgins – and and Tyler Boyd to throw to all day. Oh, no, for I, sure. I, I like Sauce Gardner so much that I'm good if, if Jamar Chase does not get a touchdown in that game. You could win that game three to nothing. <laughs> if we win that game pre- three to nothing, I'm going to be having heart palpitations. I'm, I'm just saying, all you need is a, all you need is a field goal to win that game. You all you need is a safety to win that game. I don't know that they can move the ball without with yeah. Joe. They're going to have to put they're going to have to put Sauce at wide receiver. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so I'm guessing that's a W for you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take a dub there as well. Uh, then we go to Thursday night football for the whole world to see at home against Miami. Uh, Adam, your turn to go first. Yeah. I am going to go. Let's see. Thursday night football games are always awful. The Bengals have been horrible for the last 20 years on uh, national TV. Yes, but <laughs> I know it doesn't fair, to be fair, nine of those years were Andy Dalton. <laughs> yes. I, that's what I was just going to say. Opposite of Andy Dalton now. I'm taking a W for, for, for some perspective. <laughs> nine of those years were Andy Dalton. I'm just saying. Absolutely. I'm, I, I was, I was kidding. I was trying to do the, uh, uh, the heel thing. Oh, oh, will this be the prem- I think this is the premiere of the all white helmets, too, though. Okay, then for that reason, W for me. Ah, I got a, I got a W going in. I can't wait to see those things. I'm, I think I think Thursday because it's the it's the ring of honor game. Hmm. And I think it's the debut of the white helmets. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to and then we go to Baltimore. Hmm. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see Andre squirm a little bit here. Your turn to go first, Andre. All right. Um, so, I genuinely believe the Bengals are a better team than Baltimore. Like, I just, I don't think the Ravens have enough offensive weapons to keep up with what the Bengals can bring offensively from a weapons perspective. Again, assuming everybody's healthy, no major losses. You're not telling me Chase and Higgins both got hurt in the first two weeks and now I'm, you know, whatever. But assuming everybody, assuming everyone is healthy um, enough to play and play well. I, and I, and I think, Lou Anarumo can design a defense that this, this is where a guy like Dax Hill, right. Comes in huge in a game like this, son, your entire job is to just watch Lamar Jackson, wherever he goes, you go, 
And if he decides to run, go get him. Like beat him to the edge. Beat right? him to the edge. Right. That, that's your that's your job. Um, here, also watch this highlight of him putting Bengals in the spin cycle. Don't let that happen ever. Um, but so, you know, I, I, it's at Baltimore. I'm, I'm going to say a dub. Chris. I am going to uh, – hold on a second here. This is in Baltimore, right? It's in mm-hmm. Baltimore, yep. Week five. And I'll tell you what, second half of this Bengals schedule is not easy. Brutal. That's what you get uh, for one of those games last year. Brutal. You got a Super Bowl team's schedule. All right. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with you. I think this is a this is a well-rounded, very good Bengals team. I feel good about it because they're going to lose to Baltimore. I'm going to foreshadow here. They're going to lose to Baltimore in Week 18 because ain't nobody going to be on the field. W for you. I'm going to go ahead and call it an L for me. Yeah, they come back. Okay, well, Joe Burrow only lasts so long, people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's only so many miracles that Joe Burrow can pull off. At Baltimore. Adam's singing this year because he's going to have – they might win two games at the end of the, in the second half of the season on out for Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got to be careful about that. Four, <laughs> four <laughs> weeks into to having everybody back on the field because everybody on that team was hurt last year. Yep. Four games under their belts. As long as they stay healthy, they're going to be the certainly the toughest competition in the division for the Bengals, right? Sure. Don't disagree. Don't okay. disagree. Um, the only thing I will say is the first time the Bengals played the Ravens, the only position that was decimated was their running back position. They still had Lamar. Their defense was still intact. And Cincinnati just beat the piss out of those dudes. So, just that. Fair enough. Uh, and then you go to New Orleans. So, <clears throat> do I think the Bengals are better than New Orleans? I do. But for whatever reason, I'm going to give them a loss here. Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston. I'm, just, I'm like, Listen. sometimes you have like those fluky Jets games mm. where like you, there's no reason you should lose to New Orleans, right? But they got a pretty good defense. I think. Jameis Winston is a decent enough quarterback. Like, he's fine. You got Alvin Kamara, who's going to be hard to stop. Um, you know, Michael. you got the the hype of Burrow and Chase coming back to, no. you know, New Orleans and yeah. that whole piece of things. And you just you just sometimes have an inexplicable loss as you're like, why, why did we lose that game? Like, what? This will be the one. So I have loved Jameis Winston since he was at Florida State. His, I want to say his freshman year, after week four, he had more touchdowns than he had incomplete passes. I thought this dude was going to be the greatest thing in the world. I drafted him his rookie year in all five of my fantasy teams. I kept him in three of them, even though he wasn't my star. I kept two quarterbacks in a couple leagues because I wanted Jameis Winston. The dude's a gunslinger. He's really good. Michael Thomas is back. Michael Thomas is really good. Yep. Alvin Kamara is really good. 
But when they go to New Orleans, there are going to be more people there cheering for Joe Burrow than there will be cheering for Jameis Winston. I guarantee I don't disagree that. With that. I don't disagree with that. For that reason, Joe Burrow back home wants to put a show on for those people. Joe Burrow will not let them lose that game in New Orleans. I'm saying I'm calling for a W now. And I'm calling for a W because they lost the week before in Baltimore. So they're bouncing back with this. They're, they're a much more motivated team this week. See, I'm coming with that. I'm coming with that, that Sunday night football, the, the big hype coming off that yeah. Sunday football win. That's a big win. You got carry that's that. On, that's on the, uh, the possible trips list. Oh, I, yeah. That's a so good we got we got a I got a, a homeboy who lives in New Orleans, and he was like, "Just come on down, man. Come on, you can stay here. We'll go to the game." I'm like, ah, maybe we might do that. So all it's gonna take is a plane ticket and a ticket to the game. That's it. That's all I need. That sounds like a few thousand bucks. All right. right. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, I went to the Super Bowl last year. Right. No limits on where this guy will go. That's right. All right. Back home against Atlanta then. Win. Atlanta's trash. Even I mean, even they, a, they might they might be playing Des Ritter by that. I was point. just gonna I'm say gonna by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big Des Ritter fan. I'm obviously big UC football, basketball, like always have been, whatever. Big Des Ritter fan. By by week seven, it is legitimately possible that Des Ritter is starting. And I saw what Alabama did to that UC team. And the Bengals are way better than Alabama. So, like, yeah, like I, yeah, that's a win. Des Ritter, I'm sorry. I, I went to the Notre Dame game and they pulled it off and they won that game. He did not impress me in that game. He definitely didn't impress me in that Alabama game. And those were the two toughest teams they played all year. He is not an NFL quarterback. If he is starting, mm. it's a W. If he's not starting, it's a W. It don't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going with a dub there, too. And then they go to Cleveland for Monday Night Football after that. Uh, what week is this? Week eight? Week eight. Yep. Jacoby Brissett. Hmm. I'm going to let somebody maybe, Or maybe somebody else by then. I'm gonna let somebody else start. Chris, what you got? Uh, w. Yeah, this I can't. I, dude, I'm in Columbus right now, and 80 percent of people are have switched from Cleveland fans to being Bengals fans because this Cleveland team does not have their shit together. Pardon my language. They're terrible. I'm going with the Bengals in this. This is another W. Seven and one going in going into week nine. Adam, what you got? Oof. Big stage on Monday Night Football. Joe Burrow loves that stuff. Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. That's that convinced me. Hey, Jacoby. Love <laughs> you for the Bengals. Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett took took the Patriots to the playoffs. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then got his chance in in uh, India. Looked absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, if Joe if uh, Joe Burrow can't beat Jacoby Brissett, there are problems. So, W. All right. And then back home against Carolina. W. Big win going into the bye week. Yeah, I don't I, – I mean, again, so most of most of them are 
predictions are like with the exception of that first Baltimore game where I could see them losing. Most of them are just like, we're the better team. Like we're just, all things being equal, both teams coming into the game relatively healthy. We're just the better team. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any reason that they should lose games to Carolina. Like, you shouldn't lose games to Carolina. You put Chidobe Awuzie and a safety on Robbie Anderson and, and you know, put a safety on Christian McCaffrey and call it a day. Like, you don't have anybody else to, to even be worried about. Like, why, why are we even having this conversation, right? Yep. Sure. It's the NFL. It is the greatest uh, reality TV show that there is on the planet. And that's why this is, is crazy popular as it is. But if you just lay the two rosters out and say, who's better? Like the Bengals should be somewhere around eight and one, seven and two going into the bye week. And, uh, and that's what you have. You and Chris both have them at eight and one. And what do you have, Matt Adam? Seven and two. two. All right. Yep. So I mean, that, that's, that's where they should be. Week 10 is Andre Edwards on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast uh, to talk about the first half of the season. Right. That's a, and that's a win for everybody. Yeah. That's a win for everybody. <laughs> we just, Mark, you get a dub. You get a dub. You get a dub. And then after that, they go week 11 to Pittsburgh. Adam Smith, what you got? I am going to go with a win. Win in Pittsburgh. I hope so, because I, I, I'm interested to see what this rookie quarterback is going to be like. Yeah. Uh, in Pittsburgh, but I, yeah, this is a, this is a win. This is another one of those. This, they, 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 if they don't sweep Pittsburgh this year, it's not going to be good. Uh, I'm going to go lost. Okay. I'll say they split. They got to leave this time, right? Yeah. Uh, And then stay on the road going to Tennessee. I think that's a dub, personally. Um, Outside of Derrick Henry, they lost A.J. Brown. Um. Ryan Tannehill doesn't really scare me. I think by then, if you look at, you know, what, what would be your biggest concern is, is the offensive, can the offensive line prevent them from having, you know, multiple sacks to where it's just destroying game plans? Um, offensive line should be gelled. Again, barring significant injury at any specific position, there's no reason they should lose that game. Plus, it should probably be, a fairly decent amount of Bengals fans there because I was at the Tennessee game last year and there were plenty of us there. Every uh, Nashville's so close and everyone yep. wants to go to Nashville. Yeah. Yep. Uh, here, we ruined a whole lot of bachelorette parties that we <laughs> Good. Like, whoever, whoever had like planned this bachelorette party for like the last six months and we're going to Nashville and it's going to be great. And then like, it just got raided by a bunch of really drunk Bengals fans who were screaming who day the whole time. Like mm-hmm. they don't even know what the hell that means. Like it was just terrible. Like, sorry, ladies are bad. 
I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, this is, I'm going to go, I'm going opposite of this. I'm going to put the Bengals right here going into 12 and 13. They're going to have back-to-back losses. Every Even good teams go through a little spurt where everybody starts talking bad about them, and I think yep. this is what that happens to the Bengals. Back-to-back losses? Did you say a loss? No, 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 no. I'm, no, he's I'm foreshadowing 13. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. He's okay. looking ahead. Okay, I got you. Okay. Oh, All right. I see. I got in trouble for that in school. No, no. I <laughs> good. I just wasn't following. Um, I'm going to go loss here. Two. Oh boy, but you, yeah, I mean, you know what? That's a loss. It's a loss on the road in Tennessee. They're not a bit. I, I'm, you know, yeah, every honestly, yeah, the Bengals stack up against everybody now. But T- Tennessee and Indy will be in the hunt to, to win the South, man. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's a terrible thing. They're not a bad team. No. Uh, I'm going to go lost, so then we go to Kansas City. Or not go to Kansas City, but to the week of Kansas City in, in Cincinnati, which means something. I'm, I'm going to call this a loss. I'm gonna, I'm, uh, uh, I think this game is going to mean more at that point in time to Patrick Mahomes than it is going to mean to Joe Burrow. And Pat, Pat, Mahomes has some things to get off his chest. And yeah. he, he is a – He's a guy who, if he wants to put, he puts his head to it, dude. He's, he's just, he's, he's like you said, you'd rather start a team with him right now over Joe Burrow. That's the kind of guy he is. This is that game for him where I think they go, Bengals going to New Orleans and Joe Burrow says, I ain't losing in, in New Orleans. This is Louisiana. This is where I am. This is my, this is my place now. I think, I think that's how he, I think that's how uh, Patrick Mahomes comes into Cincy and says, I'm I'm putting a stamp on this game right now. This ain't happening. I'm not losing three in a row to this kid. Yeah, I think uh, I'll join you on the lost train. Lost, loss. <clears throat> what you got, Schmidt? Oof. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go loss as well. I'm very tempted to say win just to go. <laughs> Just to go so against surprise. <laughs> um, but I really did. I really did think about going win just to just because you guys both went loss. If I go win, if I separate myself there, you know, we get a little closer. You got opportunities, to, man. You got opportunities right here. A little closer to here in Andre Singforce. Um, no, I'm gonna go loss. Uh, because week 14, I'll just start win against Cleveland at home. Oh, okay. I'm going to go win in that game as well. At home in Cincinnati, Paycor Stadium. Are you trying to talk him into it? I'm just surprised that he's thinking about it. Is Sean Watson back? Yes. Uh, yes. We, so he's out for 11 games. He'll be back for week 12. So this will be, he'll be three games in. No, but he, no, but week 12, I believe, is the Browns. This will be his second game. He's not. He will not start until week thirteen. I heard. Against the Texans. So he will be, yeah, one or two games back, one or two games back, and 14, 15 more massages between this between now and then. Yeah. All right, I'll go dub. I'll go dub. All right. It's. Just, I mean, he'll be. That'll be his. He's gonna be so relaxed. I mean, that's true. That is that is very true. 
It'll be relaxed, but it'll be a second week with the team. And he, so hasn't be loose. Yeah, yeah. he hasn't played football in two years. He looked terrible in the preseason. That's for sure. Hmm. Well, he's got a lot going on in his. I mean, it's got to be think? hard to play football. So, like, there were there were spec there was some speculation that even though he's only suspended for eleven games, that part of his um, rehabilitation process, if you will, is to be cleared by the uh, counselors, like the the not the psychiatrist, those people that yeah, talk yeah, to him. Yeah. Right, 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 therapist. And there's some, some, there's a train of thought out there that because he hasn't shown remorse to this point that they won't clear him. And so therefore he won't end up playing this season. Hmm. I haven't heard any, I haven't heard that that was part of the, Appeal pro- yes. or that's part, part of, of the, that's part of the whole shebang, uh, which is good process. But yeah, food, something to think of. Moot point though, because we all picked wins. Yeah. Either way, uh, and then you go to, <laughs> and then week fifteen is at Tampa Bay. Lost. Quick one. Quick one, mm-hmm. Andre. Hmm. Goat versus baby goat. This is going to be a really fun game. It'll be in Tampa Bay. This is going to be super hyped up. It'll probably get flexed. Yep. I guess. Is this yep. will probably be a Sunday? If they're both in it, for sure it's getting flexed. Yes. Oh, wait. I was just going to flex, but I'm not the one that should be flexing. <laughs> oh. So, uh, so. I- Oh man, this is so difficult. I, you know what? Father time always wins, and I've been saying it for years. I think that I think Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady. I think that I mean I. I think Tampa Bay could easily go to the Super Bowl. I didn't pick them in the Super Bowl, but I got I picked them last week when we did our Super Bowl picks. I picked them in the uh, NFC Championship game. Or maybe we didn't even talk about that, but I think they'll be in the NFC Championship game. But I think he's still great. But I think this is that game where something happens. Something special. something special happens right here, brother. Something special happens. And after the game, Brady walks over and there's going to be like a, you know, 30 second conversation. He might lick his ear or something. It's going to be, it's going to be real cute. And, uh, and Joe Burrow gets the dub. Joe Burrow with the dub. It's a lot of Joe Burrow with the win. The Bengals have to win. You can have the greatest quarterback that. time. The fact is, hey, they have a really good. I don't team know, man. Play. Let's be very clear. If you don't have a quarterback. You're screwed. So you can be the best quarterback, but you need the rest of your team. You need a defense. You need a running. Yeah, for sure. You. I mean, like Aaron Rodgers went years without a running game. Yeah. yeah. That Gant was a Gant was a serviceable back. Stop it. <laughs> I am going to go against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, Florida's is just a terrible place to be. I'm just going to say loss because they're just, it's going to be like, ugh, Florida. <laughs> Although late in the season, it'll be a nice change from the cold weather up here. It'll go down there and hey, <laughs> I'm going lost. They, they, the Bengals have now lost. 
three out of their last four, by the way. <laughs> Rough over there. Boy. And they've got and they've got Buffalo coming up in a couple weeks. All right. Uh, then from Tom Brady's new home, newish home to his old home in New England for week week sixteen. Dude, this is a tough game. Anytime you go into New England in December, right before Christmas, this is a tough game. Uh, what do I have the Bengals at right now? What's their record? You have them with uh, three losses so far. I'm going to go with a uh, – I'm going to go – and then they got – I'm going to go with a loss. Uh, I'm going to go with a loss here. And this is a, a road loss against Mac Jones, who was really good last year. <laughs> uh, could have easily been rookie of the year if you wanted to give it to him. I mean, he took is a rookie took a not so good New England team to the playoffs. I'm I'm taking I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put a loss on this one. Schmidt, what you got? I'm going with a win on the road. Same. Give me the dub. Who the hell is he throwing the ball to? Name right now. No, no, stop, stop, stop. Before you say anything else, name the top two wide receivers for the Patriots right now. Right now. So so everybody's healthy. Everybody's there. Wes Welker and Randy Moss. I I don't know. I couldn't. Name one. I can't. I don't know. I couldn't right off the top of my head. I couldn't tell you. Isn't Rex Burkhead still there? He's running back, though. <laughs> he is still there. But listen, they beat one of the best teams in the league last year in New England in December and threw the ball twice. Who did they play? Uh, the Buffalo? Buffalo? That's because they're in the same division. Like, they always Bill Belichick Buffalo. plays mind games with people, man. Like, eh, no. Nah. Don't, don't believe I'm, that. Just, yeah, and then, and then they went to the playoffs and what happened? I, I'm just saying they you got two games. I'm not saying I'm not in the saying because they have no weapons. I'm not saying they're a better team than the Bengals. I'm just saying it doesn't stack up well for me. I feel like I got to give them another loss somewhere, and I got them winning on Monday night at, against Buffalo. So this is going to be the L, and Buffalo is going to be my dub. <clears throat> I got them with five. I'm going to get them to go twelve and five. Because they're going to lose to Baltimore, they already have the lead, the division wrapped up. I just don't like this one. I, I, I mean, like, I'm not saying I disagree with your overall record. I'm just saying I don't like this one. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't like. There is nothing on New England's team that scares me from an offensive perspective. And as much as I hyped up this defense. And thought they're they're gonna be great. Like, there's no reason that Mac Jones should beat this team. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Just but they're gonna lose that game anyway. (laughs) The only thing I know for sure is Andre's gonna be there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve in New England. (laughs) No, thanks. Hey, not happening, bro. No. <laughs> I have a feeling he's not going to have the choice on that one. All right. Um, okay, so Buffalo, Chris, you already said win, right? 
I'm taking a win in this one. This is gonna. It's. It's. I'm telling you, man. Under the lights, man. When them lights turn on, and it, and 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 the 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 cameras are on you, and it's main. You're on the main stage, and the entire country is watching. That's when that boy shines, man. That's when this team last year shined. I'm I'm taking a W in this game. I uh, I'm I'm kind of drinking the Bills Kool Aid now. I'm taking a loss on that one. I think they're they they probably the best team in the league, or at least all the hype is telling me that, and I'm a sucker enough to think it. Adam, do you have the Bengals making the playoffs? Uh, boy, that's that's four out of their last six that they've lost now. <laughs> we'll we'll check it out at the end here. <laughs> Good question, though. <laughs> Burrow can only do so much, man. He can only do so much. That's right. I'm not gonna lie, though. I I think I'm I think I'm with Adam on this one. I <clears throat> I genuinely believe that Buffalo is the best team in the AFC. I, like I I really do. Um, I think the Bengals, unfortunately, are, and I don't know a lot about <clears throat> Buffalo's uh, depth the way I know the Bengals depth, but I think the Bengals are one or two injuries away from having some significant problems in keeping up with the competition. Um, And again, I'm not at all familiar with Buffalo and what they do and and how many people behind their frontline starters and yada, 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 all that great jazz. But it's not, they got a great core of, 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 uh, of, Skill skill set players anyway. Yes, correct. Between Andre uh, Reed, uh, Thurman Thomas, Thurman Thomas, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, bro, Mark Pike, Bruce Smith, Kenny, I mean, Kenny Lofton. Like, I mean, bro, they are they are set. Um, <laughs> and I mean, let's not forget the weapon in Scott Norwood because that dude is money. <laughs> yes, money. until you get to the until you get to the Super Bowl. Uh. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go lost. Lost there, and then that brings us to week 18, Baltimore at home in Cincinnati. I already marked down a dub for me. What do I have the record at? Now they have four losses. So you've got them at what 13 and four at this point. So no, four, 12, 12 and four. 12 and four. 12 and four. So at 12 and four. Do you have home field advantage locked up? Do you have what will be will will they have they won't I mean at 12 and 4, I think you're still pretty iffy, only from the standpoint of, and I'm not trying to convince you to vote one way or another, but like you gotta think about Kansas City in the West, you've got Buffalo in the East. Like those two teams specifically. I would be concerned about having two or three losses. The the one that concerns me the most there would be Buffalo. Yes. Because Kansas City has a pretty tough schedule as well, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Kansas City's in the West, which I think that's a, most, I, I, most that's people would agree that's, that's the, the hardest league. division, right? Yeah. So that's division in football. You're going to take probably a loss or two or three that just out of that division.
So they'll have home field locked up. It'll just be if it if it matters about not home field throughout the playoffs, but they'll have a first home game. I'm going to say they don't play their starters. I'm going to say no, because if they win and Buffalo loses, I'm going dub. I'm going 13 and four. 13 and four. They're, they're going to play this game. They're playing. Lamar Jackson's going to be hurt anyway. <laughs> I take that back. Lamar's not going to be hurt. Lamar is going to do exactly what Joe Flacco did and bet on himself and make a crap ton of money because he is going to play this season out and he is going to be amazing and he's yes. going to make a ton of money. Yes. He's going and to lose the last year. And then hamstring his franchise for the next five years and I'm going to love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. I want I want him to be Joe Flacco 2.0 because when <laughs> Joe Flacco made a hundred million dollars or whatever the heck it was when he was like I want a Super Bowl now pay me my money and then they had to let go of like Anquan Bolden and a bunch of defensive starters and they just became crappy like that's exactly what I want that's what I want I'll tell you what I want I want Andre to pick a win for this game because that would mean something big for this little bet that we have. But I don't so, want to con- convince you to do that. I want you to pick freely, whatever you think. So one, two, three, four. Five. I got five losses right now, right? And that's the thing. I'm pretty sure I have five losses. Yeah. Um, and I think in my head, I have them at eleven and six in like in my head. I don't necessarily want them losing this game to Baltimore, but this would be their first back-to-back oh, on my sheet. This would be their first back-to-back losses of the season. If I give them a loss, um, yeah, I'm going to say loss. Loss. All right. Yeah, I'm going to say loss. So that means that Andre and I both end up at 11 and six. Chris ends up at 13 and four. <laughs> but then it comes down to the one. So, how about this? So, <laughs> Chris is practicing so, into the phone. Right. So, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, <laughs> you and I are the two losers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, then it comes down to cor- the amount of correct correct, correct picks picked. Yeah. Here's my here's my next question for you. You guys both have them at eleven and six. I got them at thirteen and four. If they go twelve and five, mm-hmm. that again we're, we're all one game off. Is that again? Uh, are we doing most picks since we're all just one game so off? So if we if we to me if we are all one game off and they finished at twelve, 12 and five. five it's whoever out of all of us has the worst pick of winning. Right. Yep, yep. Indiv- I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, be- yeah. Interesting. And we also all all three of us picked a maximum two-game losing streak. So we all have yeah. a two-game losing streak at some point, different points in the season. But that's interesting too. All right. Yeah. I, th- I, I can agree with those. That's awesome. I, I'm excited about this. Adam's got the Bengals with a winning record. First I, this is amazing. 
We've done this podcast for four or five years now. This is amazing. I got to go back and reevaluate these picks, man. I got, (laughs) I don't know. 11 wins is insane. (laughs) Still doesn't believe it. No, I'm just kidding. Joe's got me. Joe's got me hooked. Joe Burrow's a god. Yes, he is. All right. Okay. Football is fun. We don't, I'm sorry. I was going to say, we, uh, we, we uh, have maybe retired the Thanksgiving football game, possibly. Thank God. Um, thank God. We're all thinking that. I mean, we all, we're all thinking that. We've all thought that for 10 years. Uh, but anyway. I love that football game. It was, so do I. Think, so I love the football game because I wasn't one of the dudes in the trenches most of the time. It was a quarterback. You two are very clear. That is where most of the injuries and things happened. Of like one dude on the defensive side of the ball being a little too overly aggressive. And like, what are we doing? Like, I got to go to work on Monday, bro. Stop it. I had to run all the way down the field and all the way back when I didn't get the ball. All right. Tony turned into a sixth grade defensive end. Keith, you do this. Adam, you do this. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on back, boys. Come on back. <laughs> After the fourth time I've done that, you guys got to wait a little extra long yeah. for me to get back to the huddle. <laughs> open on that one, Adam. I don't know. Once we switched the flag, I was good because lining up in front of Andre when he's playing quarterback and he's got a head of steam running at you, I'm oh, good. I ain't getting no in the way of that. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> no chance. Uh, so, but so we had a ton of fun over the years playing that game. We're retired now because football is a little too much for our old bodies, but plenty of stuff you can do as an old man. Uh, other sports you can play, a lot yeah. of fun stuff, lawn games, all kinds of different things. Now you go to Dick's or wherever, they've got a million different kinds of games you can play at parties and stuff like that. Plus all the old, the regular, the all the other sports that are not baseball, basketball, or football. That is our Mount Rushmore this week, and that is what we want to start with now. Who would like to I go first? That was a I, solid segue, by the way. I just wanted to be very clear. Thank that you. Was, well done. That was well done, sir. Well and done. I'm about, to, I'm about to screw it all up because I want to take a half a step back. Okay. Andre, last week on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, we did the Mount Rushmore of um, Nate Dog features. Oh, shit. Okay. Like him and like him in the song. Yeah. It's so hard because there are a zillion of them. And the week before that, the week before that, we did the Mount Rushmore of Whitney Houston songs, which is my my God. What is wrong with you people? And the week before that, we did the Mount Rushmore of, I think we did Elvis, but the week before that, we did Michael Jackson. Yeah. It was very difficult picking four songs for any of these. So, anyway. My question for you, we were trying to decide last week. I'm sure when you were listening to the podcast, you had your own thought process when we were talking about this. But I'm just, for the listeners that may have missed last week, I'll re-vamp re, uh, the question that I, we were going to ask you last week. Me and Adam have two different thoughts about this. Okay. Andre, as a man of, uh, with, with, a, with a golden golden vocal cords as yourself, who is a... Uh, I don't know, a doctor in singing or whatever you are. Call him master, but that's cool. Masters in singing. That's just as good as a doctor to me. <laughs> I don't uh, have either one. Not even close. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so that being said, would you consider 
Nathaniel Dog, otherwise known as Nate Dog, to be an R&B artist or a hip hop artist? Good. I'm glad you remembered that. I totally forgot we were going to ask him that. Uh, I would probably go hip hop artist. And the reason I would go hip hop artist is because I don't know that I would go to a Nate Dogg concert and watch an entire Nate Dogg show, right? Like I love the cameos that he has and you know the, the appearances he has on particular songs that are just iconic in my head. But I'm just like, yeah, that, yes, yes, give me, give me that. Do I want an entire concert of like, I mean, you think about it like, like a, like a Chris Brown, right? Like you go for the pageantry, you go for the dancing, you go for, you know, the vocals, like all of those things. Like you give me four or five songs of all the real gangsters. No, like, I, I don't know that I could, like, I, I, I don't know that I could go more than about three of those before I'm like, okay, that's enough, bro. Like, I need you to do something else, you know? So <laughs> give me give me the short, rhythmic hooks, rhyming hooks of like, mm. yeah, I put my stamp on this hip hop song and, I, and I, that's, that's where I'll go. Great answer. I totally agree. Yep, Adam. Adam said hip hop. I said R and B because as an artist, that's what he is. He's an R and B artist. I, I mean, he's a he's, he's a most singer. known for hip being in hip hop songs. I mean, yeah. you're not going to call like Sierra was on a Petey Pablo song. You're not going to call her a hip hop artist. Nah, she was on one Petey Pablo song. Like it wasn't like every song that she made was on yeah. a Petey Pablo song. Every right? song. Every song that every song that uh, that Nate Dogg made was like he had four four or five studio albums. I mean, again, name the wide receivers who play for the New England Patriots. This is what I'm saying when it comes to Nate Dogg solo albums. That's what we did. That's what we had a problem with. Is we looked at he has never had a top 100 hit. Oh, on- yeah, of course not. He. Oh. And and of course not. <laughs> if you did, if you if you put him on like a duet with another great vocalist, another great R and B singer, if he did a yes. duet with any Whitney Houston or anybody, that's sure. probably too unfair. But anybody who's a regular R and B singer, I think that the separate you'd be able to see the separation. With yes, they would. Well, obviously, and he would just be doing the hook in his rhythmic hip hop. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm- Okay. I mean, his voice is 60 million times better than mine, but. Oh, I mean, look, again, it's, it's an iconic voice. You get, you get hype when Nate Dogg's voice drops into a song. No doubt. doubt. Because you know, you know exactly what you're getting. You know, it's going to be some dope lyrics. You know, it's going to be like super smooth and silky and like, like you just, mm. Yeah, get it, Nate. Okay, cool. But again, I just go I, I just go back to my point of after three, 
full songs of Nate doing what Nate does, do you want to sit there for the next 90 minutes? So I agree with you. And, I, and to make you feel better, on uh, the NFL's website, they don't even have three wide receivers as starters on New England's team. They've only got two. <laughs> they only got two. Nelson Aguilar and uh, Jacoby Myers. They don't even have enough for a depth chart. Oh, my God. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Bring Wes Welker out of retirement. It's fine. Whatever. Monte Parker, though. It's, it's fine. Who was a third string wide receiver for a terrible Miami team? Miami team, right. <laughs> Wes Welker is now doing a podcast with Sam Murrill, the comedian from New York. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. Wes okay. Welker was a funny dude. Wes Welker with his uh with the foot jokes and all those jokes with again when uh, they played the Jets and uh, yes. the coach, whoever the coach for the Jets was one of those brothers. Oh, yeah. Ryan brother. Ryan, Ryan yeah. Wife who was in some or something. stuff or something. Yeah, that was pretty good. One foot in front of the other. <laughs> All right. Circling back. To your beautiful segue. Mount, thank you. Mount oh, Rushmore. No, no, still segue again because last week's Mount Rushmore right into this week's. Yeah. Mount Rushmore of favorite sports to play or yeah. activities to play. Yeah. Besides the big three sports. So um, I went bowling. I was, before you even continue, I was going to say there are two that I guarantee you're on Andres. <laughs> so bowling, um, mostly because I'm in a league on Thursday nights, <laughs> which like, so last week was our first week in the league, um, which Normally speaking, you try and sandbag a little bit, right? Like to get your, you bring your average down so you get a little extra handicap. Uh -huh. But sometimes you're just feeling it week one, right? <laughs> just like you're just feeling it. And I think I went something like 176, 223, 224. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, so I was feeling it last week. I don't know why, but I was feeling. It. I was like, I as as Justin Timberlake would say, can't stop the feeling. So I just went with it. I uh, feel like you are Justin Timberlake. You're just as good a singer. He's one of the most talented uh, athletic singers there is out there. You ever watch that dude? He can shoot. He can play golf. He can do it all. I I just feel like you may be the Justin Timberlake of of I don't know. Of this podcast, that's what I'm podcast. <laughs> yes. There's no definitely of this podcast. This podcast, there we go. Um, so then, number two would be golf. Uh, I, I I appreciate the golf culture more than the golf game. What I mean by golf culture is most of the time it's me and three of my boys riding around probably having a couple of adult beverages, maybe even throwing a cigar or two and just out having a good time hanging out. Like it doesn't really matter what the score is. I, I'm not great at golf, but it's competitive enough. It's, it's fun enough to, you know, do different things with. And it takes like 
three or four hours that I don't have to be worried about my kids. That's great. I love it. Um, so bowling, golf, uh, boxing. That was my other one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> from a cardio and fitness perspective, um, from a stress relief perspective, like I, I really enjoy hitting things, especially things that don't necessarily have to hit me back. Um, so that's super fun. I, I enjoy that. And then uh, lastly, racquetball. Uh, Love racquetball. I, like, I, I do, man. Like, I really, really enjoy racquetball. One, again, something I'm not necessarily great at when you play somebody who actually knows how to play racquetball. Yeah. Where they're like, you know, hitting balls in the little corner and just like deadening it. And you're like, wow, it's that shot. Like, that's, that part is not super fun because they know what they're doing. But if like you take a couple of dudes who are generally athletic, can move, can, you know, do the things they need to do and don't really have crazy technique, but are good enough to get to most shots and, you know, change it up and do that. Like, it's, it's a lot of fun. One, it's air conditioned and it's inside. So I don't have to worry about allergies. I don't have to worry about, you know, bugs and anything like that. So it's inside, it's contained. I don't have to worry about running a hundred yards. It's a closed intake, contain, you know, space. Awesome. Great. Cool. Um, hey, you know, Andre, you know, Andre lives on the East side now because, right. he just, because he just said that his racquetball court is air conditioned. That's right. You go to the Y. You go to the Y over on Gamble Never, bro. Gamble Never. No, come on, come on up. See, as, as my friends call it, so I, I live in Liberty Township. You come on up to uh, Canada. Uh, there you yeah. go. Canada. Yeah. You're in Liberty Township. <laughs> right. Canada. Yeah. You got, you got you're not even east. You're just due north. Yeah. yeah. Come on. <clears throat> it's still west, but come on. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so that's, my, that's my Mount Rushmore. Bowling, boxing, time. golf, racquetball. Those are good. I totally forgot about racquetball. My dad used to be an unbelievable, really good racquetball player. He played in like four leagues and really high up in the leagues. He used to win his league all the time. He, that was, we, I used to go and play with him all the time. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Honorable, honorable mention to a game that I just learned how to play recently, pickleball. I still don't know how to play pickleball. Literally yeah, like, just learned how to play that. Like, it's I got a buddy who's been asking me to play that forever, and I thought it was an old man's game, so I keep telling him no. Nah, it's 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 decently fun. I played. Uh, I learned how to play about a year ago, probably. I played like three times, and then they stopped asking me to come, so I must not have been that good. But it was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Good, Chris. You want to go quick? Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll go up next. So I'm going to, I'll start with, uh, I definitely have golf on mine. That's number one on mine. Golf is my, I, I play in the golf league every Thursday. It's one of my absolute favorite things to do. Uh, again, like Andre, I'm not the best at it, but I play quite a bit and I've gotten better, which makes it even more fun. Uh, so golf is definitely there. Number two, uh, it, well, I'll stick with the ones that are the same as his. I, I'm, I, I have boxing on mine. Boxing is one of my favorite things to watch. It's one of my It's has been for a long time. Me and Adam used to have a do a, a little boxing circuit down in my basement back in the day. We had a speed bag and a heavy bag. Uh, we used to play around on love boxing. 
Number three, I'm going to go with ping pong. I love playing ping pong. Love it, love it. Uh, see, I'm I'm decent. I'm decent enough at it to where if there's a ping pong table in somebody's house, I feel confident to walk up. I was undefeated at my uh, my brother-in-law's ping pong table after like 12 games, and then this dude came in, and I, I mean, he wasn't Asian, but he might as well have been. Like it's one of it's definitely one of those sports that kind of like racquetball. Like if you play somebody else who doesn't know what they're doing you can feel like I'm really good at this sport. And then yep. you run into that chick or that dude who knows what they're doing. And you're yep. like, Oh, that yep. was dumb. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I swear to God, that should have hit the table. Yeah. Well, they put an incredible yeah. amount of spin on it. So you can't yeah. do that. <laughs> right. So I go ping pong. And then last but not least, man, one of my favorite pastimes to do it's, you know, in the summer, we, uh, my, my son's baseball team has championship belts, uh, for the dads all play. And, and it, you got, it's hard to win. There's only, there's only in three years, there's only, uh, two teams that have ever had the belts. Nobody can take them right now. I currently hold one as the cornhole champion of Jaeger baseball. Yeah, cornhole is uh, an interesting uh, – like, people take their cornhole super seriously, man. Like That's my favorite part about it is I don't take it seriously. And my favorite thing to do is walk up to a cornhole board when somebody new is there or I've never played them and go – and be like, okay, yeah, well, I'll play next. That sounds like fun. And walk up and go, all right, so do we throw them all at the same time? Do I go Do I go all mine, then all yours? How does this work? Talk about sandbagging. That's my favorite thing to do. I'm not – I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not unbelievable at it, but like you said with bowling, I'm, I'm good at it. And then all of a sudden, every once in a while you get into a streak and it's like, Oh, daddy's on a roll now. <laughs> is it overhand? Is it an overhand throw? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I'm like, am I shooting jumpers like Kobe? Like, how does this work? I all those. I set them all. And then you make the first one and go, Oh, is that good? <laughs> and then you, which is that? Yeah, is that, is that points or is that no? I didn't see it. Did it go off the back or go in the hole? What is that the same as going off the back? Is that like a miss because they put the hole in the middle? Can I just throw it onto the one I'm standing right next to? I got to throw it all the way over there. All right, I'm going absolute number one is ping pong for me for sure. Um, I'm also, I also put boxing on there. I I did like a, a fitness boxing fitness class for years and years. Uh, love it. I just went back for the first time. I, I didn't go for like five years and I went back like four months ago or something like that. Went to like three classes and then haven't been back since, <laughs> but I love it. It's not because it's just because of time, the timing of the classes. Um, it's not because I don't want to go. I love that workout. It's so fun. Um, sort of a similar thing. I hope this counts, but, um, so there was a gym that opened up 10 years ago or something like that on Harrison Avenue, um, an MMA gym, but they taught the classes. So I, I took boxing there and I took Muay Thai there. And that was so fun for two years. I did almost pretty consistently for twice a week. I took Muay Thai classes, the, the trainers, the two guys they had training were, were the coolest guys ever. They were such good teachers. 
It was so much fun. Like it, it was a two hour class. So they split it up. It was like mostly conditioning and stuff in the first hour. And then if you stayed for the second hour, they got more into technique. You got to spar a little bit here and there. Um, it was like, you know, you got the gear, like I bought all the gear. I had the shin guards, the head gear, everything. I got pretty serious into it. I wasn't that good or anything, but that was when I was in my twenties. So I still had a little athleticism and stuff. Right. Um, but it was so fun. It was just a really fun sport to learn. That's when I was really into the UFC. So I was like, I was really getting into all the different, different arts and everything, but I loved, loved Muay Thai. Um, and then I'm putting bowling on there because I just want to keep the conversation about bowling going because last week, speaking of last week, Chris and I talked about, we recently, both recently bowled and we're like both like once a year bowlers, but we both recently bowled and both bowled our best games of our lives. The last time we bowled. Now, I don't want to say the scores anymore because Andre just said what he did, what he bowled. I would have beat, I would have beat Andre by one pin in my, in my game, in his first game. <laughs> That's right. Not but, in the middle. <laughs> but my personal best was like a 156 or something like that. That was my personal best. Uh, and that's how much I bowl. But the feeling of actually finding a rhythm. Yes. I mean, yes. as good as I, I mean, that feel like I'm a number one basketball over everything guy and getting into a rhythm there, there's nothing better, but it was like that. It felt like that. Like there's a zone or something you get in, you find you, just the right the place, the placement on the lit, whatever. I don't know any of the jargon, but. I mean, just the feeling was so good. And that's a 156 or whatever it was. And that felt like amazing to me. So the back-to-back 220, you know, whatever. Like, I would throw a ball. So so there's some very technical things that you can do with bowling and, like, to really, really understand where you are. There's, you know, there's a little sliver of boards that you stand on. There are 40 of them. And then it all depends on like where you place your feet and where you throw your ball. And there's again, a whole mess of things that you could talk about into, but it felt to me at the level I am, I'm not good enough to, I'm not good enough to throw a 300 cause I don't practice and I don't bowl often enough to, to be good enough to do that. But for the level I am, it felt like every ball I threw And it didn't matter whether I threw it right down exactly where I wanted to throw it or just a little bit right or just a little bit left. Like it was a strike. Like I didn't, it, like I was just in a zone. Like they talk about when you shoot basketballs and it looks like you're you're just throwing balls into the ocean. Like that hoop is this big, but when you're shooting and you're on fire, it's this big, right? Like that's the way I felt last week. I'm just, I can throw the ball anywhere. From here to here, it's going to be a strike. Cool. And if it's not, it's an easy spare that I can just throw it out there and be done. Like My problem with bowling, and we talked about this last week, is you guys talk about getting in that rhythm and finding the pocket and, you know, it's beautiful, beautiful. I throw the ball straight. I don't have it. I can't. I don't, I don't do the spinny stuff. I just throw so, a big, so heavy ball the, as it, I can, and they just go, boom. So here's the m- misconception about that. Because you walk into a bowling alley and pick up a ball off the rack and just start throwing, right? Something you're like, eh, no, that doesn't feel right. And eh, no, no, no. the biggest thumb hole. Right? So 
you actually end up buying a ball. The core is made to go from right to left, or if you're left-handed, from left to right. So it's not necessarily about the spin that you put on it to make it do that. There are balls that are genuinely made to naturally float from right to left versus you just pick up a plastic ball that you pick up from the house. There's no core in there. They're just a piece of crap ball that yes, you throw it super hard and you throw it straight and all the pins may blow up. Sometimes you miss some, whatever, but no, the way balls are made and manufactured, they're actually made to hook. So I bought a ball years ago, but it was 15 pounds and I can't, I can't, I can't throw it. It's too big for me. But I have no idea what that thing's supposed to do. I went to a bowling shop, had them fitted in my hands. They put my name on it. But I think I've used it five times because it's too heavy. So you're saying that that thing could probably go right to left if I just kind of let go a little bit sideways? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I have to lift some weights and pick that thing back up. (laughs) For the longest time, I just love to see the pin action when you, when you hit them hard. Yeah. So I would get like the eight pound ball. Yeah. And just throw the heck out of it as hard as I can. And it's, it's always a pink ball. And, uh, but I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, if a pretty girl walks by or something, I'll pick up the other one and act like I'm getting ready. And then she walks by and I put it down, pick up the pink one. (laughs) And then she just hears the, how loud it hit. She's like, Whoa. huh? Ah. Yeah. Right there. And then sees the ball bouncing back down the lane. (laughs) (laughs) And then it comes up to the return. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I was like, that was Andre's ball. He was my nephew, my nephew. (laughs) He went to the bathroom. Yeah. He threw it in rain. Oh my god! So is oh. that all four years, or is that only three? No, that's four. That's four. Yes, bowling was four. Bowling was four. Yeah, yep, ping four. pong, boxing, muay thai, and bowling. Nice. There you go, man. Andre, all right. participating, my friend. We got to we got to get Andre out of here because we were trying to get this done so that he can go to bed at a human time. Now. I don't know if it's still there, but <laughs> we oh, had no, a lot of fun. Hey, man, I, this, seriously, I'm not kidding. This is, we do this two, occasionally three times a year. And it is the most fun that I have doing podcasts. I'm, I've been asked to do multiple podcasts and talk about Bengals and talk about football and whatever. Like, but this particular podcast, I love the interaction. You, you, you guys have been my family for decades, um, and I, I love you both. I in, genuinely enjoy the time that we get to spend and just sit here and talk. Um, so thank you for having me. Um, I always appreciate it. I always enjoy it. The pleasure is ours. You, we we couldn't say it any better. Obviously, we couldn't say it better than you because you always say everything better than us. Dude, you're it's it's like when I said you're our favorite guest, man, it's 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 loose. It's easy. It's I love it. And we appreciate you, bro. Appreciate your time. It's latest. It's funny. Like people, people are always like, so do you get the questions beforehand? Like, do you know what I'm like? I have no idea (laughs) what we're going. I I, obviously I know we're talking Bengals. I know we're talking football, but like I have no idea 
what the topics are going to be, what direction we're going to go, how it flows. But it is, it just feels like three guys sitting at a bar and each of us just throwing out like, so what are Bengals going to do if Lael Collins goes down at right tackle? And then we, we just start talking, right? Like, and that's, I think that's probably what I love most about this pod is, is it, there's just a genuine enjoyment that I experienced. And I hope that you guys feel too, of just like, yeah, those are my dudes. I, I, every time I talk to you guys, I'm like, what's up, little cuz? Or like, hey, what's going on? Hey, like, that's just, that's just the feeling that I have. And I, I, I just want to express how much I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we'll, we'll see you at the very latest week 10. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll be back. Thank you for everything, brother. Thanks for all the kind words and, 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 and just being yourself. And you make it easy to do that. It's easy to talk sports with a guy. You say talking about sports in a bar. Usually when my friends are with me and we start talking about sports in a bar, I want to shoot myself in the head because they don't make any sense. <laughs> So it's much easier than that. It's even better than that when you come on here. And I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate yes, sir. Anytime. Love boy. you, buddy. All right. Well, love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. See you. Right. By the way, drinking the same thing. Oh, do I have to put this in front of my yeah. Oh. oh it's oh wow, that's fun, huh? Yeah. Wait, how's it does it do the same for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I'm trying this uh this blurred background for some reason. Looks good. Andre <laughs> Edwards, Andre Edwards, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, and the legend. Oh man, I hope he's wrong on some of these picks so that we can hear him saying. <laughs> it's gonna come down to you and him. Yeah, I'm hoping it comes down to you and him, and somehow you get something right. Yeah, me too. Just the just the like one and a half seconds of him doing his Nate dog. Like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. that's, what we want. that's the little sample we wanted. Uh, sample, <laughs> little sample. I just surprised that he knew words. From, those are the only words he knows from any Nate Dogg song. <laughs> no, <laughs> he knows he Nate Dogg. accidentally heard it. <laughs> oh, my God. Always super, super, super fun when he's on. Um, so we thank him, of course. And, Chris, we just have a couple more things. We got our Mount Rushmore out of the way. We have two more things, I think, to go yeah. over. What do you want to start with? One is, I'll put this in front of my face so you can see it, the Reese's Dipped Pretzels. Hey, did Dad send you, uh, did Dad tell you, my dad tell you what he did? No. He didn't send, so my dad sends me the other day, so Dad's been getting a big into the podcast. He's been going back and listening to old ones he hasn't heard in a while, because I get some texts and stuff every now and then. He sends me this the other day. Where is it at? Uh, he must have emailed it to me. Did he email it to me? Um, well, now this is going to be no fun because it's going to take me a second to find it. Anyway, he went on. He received an acceptance letter from Reese's University. <laughs> He went online and you can apply to go to Reese's University. I've seen that. 
and I'll just leave it at that. You guys can go on and check it out, but I'm going on. I'm going, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it here very soon. Wow. Adam, talk about, talk about these Reese's for about 30 seconds while I run over there. I gotcha. Um, so again, the Reese's, if you can see it, Reese's dipped pretzel. So it's a pretzel. It's like a, just a little regular size, small pretzel twist with chocolate Reese's chocolate and peanut butter coating. So if you're watching on YouTube, here it is. Um, these are hard to find. Let me tell you, first of all, I saw them a few times. I've gotten them before, but mostly in gas stations and not all gas stations. So certain gas stations will carry them. I went to, actually, I'm going to wait to say that until Chris comes back. But these things are, I mean, before I even start eating them, they're one of my favorite things to eat. I have to control myself every time I see these things in a store. Uh, by the way, not in grocery stores, not in all grocery stores either. Um, so kind of rare, which makes them, for me, bumps up whatever the, the score is on these, whatever the rating is, bumps it up a little bit. Like, like anything else, if it's more rare, if it's harder to find, it's, it's more valuable. So well, since Chris is back now, I'm... I think I told you five, six places I went to, wow. to, to find these things. I saw them last week and, and talked to you about them. I was like, hey, I, I would love to do those. You're like, absolutely, definitely. And then I'm like, okay, cool. So after work, I spend like an hour and a half driving around the city <laughs> trying to find these things. And let me tell you, I went into six stores and ended up buying something I did not want from four of them because I felt guilty about walking around for a while and then leaving. I've got mints. I've got gum. I've got other candy. I've got our Reese's for next week. I mean, I bought stuff just so that people didn't think I stole. Um, I have, I've gotten so, I used to be the same way. I used to do that same thing. I've gotten so much better at not caring anymore. I go, I walk into gas stations now go to the bathroom and walk out. And I look directly at the cashier and go, Hey, how you doing? Just keep on walking. I don't even care anymore. It doesn't even matter to me. I used to every, every time I walk into a gas station to go to the bathroom, I'd have to buy something. Cause I'd be like, Oh man, I feel so bad about this. Sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, there was, I mean, I went to Kroger, so a huge grocery store, it was packed full of people. So I did walk out of there. Yeah. I feel weird about that too, but Walked out of there because I'm like, I mean, there are That's people everywhere. And then there was a one of the one of the UDFs I went to. I ended up walking out. I they don't care. They probably uh, the the employees I'm sure steal. So, um, uh, so anyway, I uh, I was okay with those. But anyway, first place I went. First place I went. Man, got him. Good call. Was it a Speedway? No, it was a uh, it was a Loves. That was a loves. Loves have everything. Truck everything. Stop. Yeah. Loves has everything. Um, I went to a plate. The first place, the second place I went to had them, but were out. I found these at a very small grocery. I found these at Haddings Market. Wow. Okay. Second time in my life, second or third time in my life, I went in there. Nice. So, anyway, here we go. Chris, cheers. All right, here we go. Adam Schmidt. Mm -hmm. 
first impression? I like the I like the ratio right off the bat of the chocolate and peanut butter. It's a little more peanut butter. Actually, it's a decent amount more peanut butter, I think. Maybe, maybe it varies from pretzel to pretzel. I also, I don't taste the pretzel taste very much. I just get the crunch. And the peanut butter is, yeah, you know what? There's more peanut butter on this than chocolate. There's a there's chocolate on the bottom and then a drizzle over the top. The back of it is chocolate. Yeah. And the, but the whole thing is coated with peanut butter, I guess. Um, so essentially peanut butter pretzels, peanut butter covered pretzels with chocolate as well. Um, I love these. I love these. I just opened this bag. I got the big bag, like the bigger bag here. There's a good chance. I mean, it's 11 o'clock at night. There's a good chance I end up eating all of these and then going right to bed, which is like one of the worst things you can do. But what am I going to put these away? I'm not. Come on. Um, I'm going to go. I went with this with the Mrs. Freshly's cakes, the Whitney Freshly cakes. Um, I went 9.9 on those. So I'm going to go, I love these, but I'm going to go nine, seven. That's on the low end. I could go nine, eight. I'm going to go nine, seven on these. How do you like these? I like that the pretzels have salt on them because I get a little salt mixed in there every now and then. You're a big salt guy. Mm. And this is, this is really good. Better than I was expecting. Good. I love chocolate covered pretzels. Me too. And this is good. Do you do the do you do the flips? Yeah. Love the flips. How do you with the drizzle on them? Or the or the regular chocolate? Yeah. Yeah. How do these compare to the flips to you? Oh, these are better than those. Okay. Easily. Huh. Yeah. I'm going. Man, so the outrageous bar is a ten. The um, the Reese's big cup with the Reese's pieces was a nine nine. So I'm gonna go nine eight for these. Ooh, love it! My third favorite Reese's thing right here, Bob. Wow, nice! I'm gonna start eating these all the time. This is the first time you've had these. Never had them. Beautiful. That's one of the best parts about doing these. Yes, it is. Discovering new reasons. And let me tell you, on my journey to find these six different stores, boy, oh boy, even more Reese's stuff than I was thinking before. Every week we say that, but man, we will never... We're either going to have to just stop doing this part at some point, or we just never will. <laughs> Someday Reese's was going to appreciate us. Yeah. Yep. Someday we'll do a commercial. Yep. Um, oh, man. I, I got to stop so people don't have to listen to me chewing a microphone the rest of the time. It doesn't bother me one bit. All <laughs> right. So there you go. So, so good. 
one more thing to rate before this podcast is over, and that is our man David A. Arnold, his newest Netflix special called It Ain't for the Week. We probably a year and a half ago, maybe, something like that, watched his first special. Um, I should have looked up what we rated that one, but I forgot to do that. But that has no bearing on this one. Totally, totally different thing. Different comic at this point. I'd like to hear what you thought about this special. Um, so the start off at the very end of the podcast was really cool. They did a whole journey with his family and then did you watch the end of it after the, after he was done and they did the little documentary kind of a, like a thing. And he talked to his, his dad, well, his I know, adopted dad, his stepdad, his, his uh, mom and his wife and all the people he talks about it. They talk mm-hmm. to them. His stepmom and, I love to hear the journey people go on to get to these places. And this dude has been on as tough a journey as anybody. 27 years before he got a special. You know what I mean? 0.5 years. That being said, I really thought this was funny. I laughed pretty well the entire time. The best joke by far, the one that I laughed the hardest at, was the very last joke about his deaf sister. I could not (laughs) stop laughing the entire time he was telling that joke from the time he started until the time he ended. When he started off with, we've got a deaf sister, and we having a deaf sister, you think that we would do a little bit better with trying to communicate with her. I thought that was great. None of them learned sign language. (laughs) They just... Yelled and stomped their foot. <laughs> yeah. So great. A whole lot of t- talk about kid, kids. And uh, I don't know where that went, but I'm going to eat. Oh, my man. Um, there's a um, whole lot of talk about his kids and how he wants to bring them up. And he did a really good job of getting serious and then putting a joke in. And I kind of like that. The only time he didn't, what I, I was really, when he did his grandpa and he sat down and it was funny while I was doing it, but at the end, I thought he was going to make a joke. And he was just talking about how grandpa would be proud of who he is right now, which is totally cool. He gets to do that in his special. That's the only part where I wish he would have still cracked it with a joke as a comedian. At the same time, I was like in tears listening to him talk about it. It was really, really cool. Yeah. really enjoyed it i would suggest i'm eating that's how good these are i don't care i'm just eating <laughs> i know i'm dying to keep eating them <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed this and would recommend it to anybody 100 percent. i didn't you know crack up laughing the whole time but i laughed pretty well the whole time i'm gonna go with a four point four point three nice Wow, that's I really a, like that. That was a really, really good score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, he talked a lot about you know 
the pandemic, of course, we're still getting a lot of jokes from that because we're still, you know, kind of just recently came out of it or whatever. Talked about spending all that time at home and how so funny relationships go and how it went with his wife and his kids and everything. And talking about waiting each other out, see who gets up first, because he's going to have them. They're going to have to get something for the other one. He's like, get your own stuff. He's like, I will pee all over this couch before I get up and do anything else. <laughs> it's so great. Um, the uh, the volleyball lesson thing that wasn't that was another thing that like wasn't as funny, but it was just a really nice like family story about his daughter making her. At first, I was like, you can't make your kid play high school sports. I mean, I don't know about that. And then it all worked out at the end. I. I still don't know that I would, but, but he made well, her do that I, because it was I about like the fact going through adversity. Yeah. And it was the point of that. He, I mean, he, he gave her the option. He said, you're doing something extracurricular. You got to find something. And if you don't find it, I'm picking it. Well, she didn't pick it. So he did. Yeah, so and it, He knew she had done before. Yeah. And it was about, it started out with the spending all that money and time going to these tournaments and traveling and stuff. And she went to that big volleyball tournament and realized how good everybody was. And then just kind of like, wasn't putting in the effort as much. Quit. Quit. She quit. Cause he, he gave her a hard time about it. So she quit. And then the next year he's like, you're playing volleyball. He made, made her go to tryouts. She made the team was really excited about making the team. And then, and grew, he said she grew like four inches or something like that. He did. He did make a joke though at the end of that that I thought was really good. And I'm so proud of you. And I did, you know, I was um I pushed you because I knew you could do it and this, that, and the other. And he goes, and if you ever cuss in a text message, to yeah, me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh so that was really good. Yeah, he did a lot of good family stuff where he kind of made it kind of a touching thing and then also also did uh a joke with it um what else did he had the, the see the grandfather thing when he sat down in that chair i think that was the whole joke was like that it was an impression of his grandfather which was kind of funny but it was also hard because we don't know his grandfather we've never seen but him. it was an impression of an old person yeah a lot of it being an old person i started working when i was six and then later on i started working when i was four and yeah. you know that yeah he and he's two two years older every time he says something mm-hmm. in five minutes he he gained six years um, so yeah, I mean, that wasn't too bad. Uh, the stepfather that started the OJs, that was so cool. I, I, I apparently he wasn't in the OJs. He just helped start them or something. Well, he left, he, said, he left the group. Right. Before he they did. made it big or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that was really cool. Cause I like mm-hmm. the OJs. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, the the one glass of juice per kid per day thing. That was awesome. <laughs> that was good. And then he ended up using it. Uh, let's so I'm not a hero. Yeah, I'm not a hero. My dad was not a hero. <laughs> I had a cap gun. My stepmom acted like she killed us all, and all he did was get closer to the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I also like the the joke about when he was in jail, and he was like. He, he decided he was going to go complain to the guard about the food or whatever. <laughs> the guard's like, the guard's like, Oh, you want me to get you some, uh, what was it? Uh, oh. some salt. That was it. Oh, you, oh, you want to, it's kind of bland. This food's kind of, bland. 
you want me to get you some salt? Yeah. He said he goes back and sits down. He's like, oh, he's going to get us some salt. He's telling the other guys. <laughs> he said, I spent the next 35 minutes watching him, watching me, watch him not get me any salt. <laughs> that was one of the funniest jokes to me, I thought. <laughs> I'll get you some salt and then just stands there. Oh, that's, good. that's funny. All right. So I also like the special. Uh, like you, you know, I, I've seen other ones that made me laugh a little more or like I like the joke structure a little more, whatever. He's more of kind of a storyteller. He does the, you know, does the storytelling and the family stuff like a lot of comedians do. But so I, I'm with you. I'm a little tiny bit lower. I'm going 3.9. That's still good. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. And it's cool to see that guy. He, cause he talked, you said 27 years since he started comedy, this is his second special. You like to see him. It just, mm -hmm. he feels like a guy that you like to see get some success, you know, yep. like, he, like he kind of deserves it for, for putting all that time in. Um, all right. So cool. So we just have to pick for next week, right? that's it we got to pick for next week um mine's gonna be easy i've got this comedy special and uh i you know i hate to i hate to keep doing the same people but when the same people are so prolific and they keep putting out specials and they're good is this a netflix special that just came out this is a netflix special that just came out you know i'm talking about uh our friend sam Marill came out with another who came out with two specials in like during six months or whatever during the pandemic. Um, and then another one. Now I'm trying to remember the name of it and my, uh, something about tomorrow. Same time tomorrow. I think it is. Yeah. Something like that. I thought that's what his, what was the special where he went on from rooftop to rooftop? That was, uh, Oh my God. What was that called? Ro something about root uh, oh, up it? on the roof, up on the roof. Maybe something like that. Anyway, I'm, I'm excited about this one. This is going to be a good one. Same time tomorrow. Sam Marill. He is a, uh, he's really good. Sam Morell is really good. Yeah. This dude, he's, he's a very good comic. I'm excited to hear this one. I'm excited for this one. Did you happen to see the, so David Letterman had another show, show not too long ago on Netflix um, where he had comedians come out, do like five or six minutes and then come over and sit with him and talk to him. Yeah. I didn't see him, but Sam did one of those and that was really cool. That was, that was cool to see. Cause you know, every comedian is a fan of David Letterman. Yeah. And so he, he came out, did a really good five minutes or whatever it was. And then when, and it was even funnier, the two of them sitting there talking about comedy and comedy in New York and all that kind of stuff. It was really good. So there we go. We just need okay. a Mount Rushmore. Yes, we do. We need a Mount Rushmore. And you know what I'm going to do for the Mount Rushmore this week, Adam Schmidt? What's that? <laughs> I we got on a really good roll there with with doing the music thing 
Mm-hmm. And and you obviously wanted to end that because you went with the best sports um, outside of the big three. We don't have to end it. Jump right back into it. No. No, I think I'm going to go with uh, – Let's go with uh, – how about Mount Rushmore, your Mount Rushmore of vehicles? Have you had four vehicles in your life? Yeah. Okay, so that we've owned. Yes. Okay. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Okay. I mean, it's it's easy. I'm just got to – I mean, I make a short list of, what, six or seven that I've ever had, and then we go from there. Yeah. You gotta get your get your four favorite. That'll be fun. I've got, I've got a number one right off the bat. Sure, it's got to okay. We'll talk about it next week. Number one. I mean, I've got a number one of yours. I've got a number one favorite of yours. I mean, so. Everybody loves. <laughs> I uh, was the only one that could start it. For <laughs> Those are the best kind. Yeah. That, that, that is your car. I got a really good, I'll tell a really good story of where I was uh, a little too intoxicated and I could barely speak. And I had drove to where we were at and somebody had to drive my car home and they could not start my car. (laughs) I had to get in the driver's seat, hammered, start the car and then get out. Good for you. I love the responsibility to to get somebody else to drive. Um, exactly. And totally fine. Totally fine to start it. You know? Yeah. You're not moving. Well, I couldn't. Let's just put it this way. I couldn't talk to him to get the words out how to start it. So, yeah. Anyway, yes. Let's do it. Mount Rushmore of uh, previously owned vehicles. Excellent. And Sam Marill, same time tomorrow. And same time next week. Sounds good to me. Until then, don't forget to turn your headlights on.